on this episode, on this episode of Japan, Japan 2.0. 2.0. And then we also try out the hanger thing. And another scene they're talking about, if you put a hanger on your head, so like you stretch out, you know, a tri- uh, hanger is like a triangle. If you kind of stretch it out and put it over your head, uh, the side that has the hook on it, your head will just always kind of turn that way because I guess it's weighted and it's totally true. Hello, welcome to Japan 2.0, your favorite podcast about Japan and J- Japanese movies. Oh, lately it's been Japanese movies. And Japan chains. <laughs> and Japan, and Japan chains, hacks. Yeah. And hacks, yeah. We have a lot of cool segments, so if this is your first time listening, you know, stick with us and uh, yeah, you'll get some cool information about Japan. That's right. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm one of your hosts. And this is David, and today we're bringing you a new series that we have. This will be the second in the series where we do uh, Japanese kind of media reviews, and we're doing this in the, the time of the pandemic because you're probably stuck at home or you should be stuck at home, and uh, we just want to give you something to do with your time and to watch, and uh, we did a movie called House. If you haven't heard that one, check that one out, especially if you like uh, horror movies or cult classics. And today we're doing one called uh, Tokyo Adrift, and in Japanese it's known as Tenten, which means uh, second chance. Uh, really, that's a good, that's a good thought, title. Isn't Tenten like the um, when you have a consonant and then you change it, it changes the consonant, so like Ka becomes Ga? Isn't that what? Oh, very, very well could be. I'm no expert on uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Japanese language or consonants, but yeah, because I saw that name and uh, I did do actually. I, I'll, I'll admit I did a little bit of research because I was like, "Isn't that what it means?" Because um, when I was doing Japanese lessons, uh, I, I do remember that from Japanese lessons, always okay. talking about ten ten. Uh, but I noticed the kanji was different, so I did go. I took the kanji and I translated it. And it, uh, it actually translates to turning around, okay, like literally turning, turning around. around. Yeah, I think that is an apt title, which we'll get into. But I like Tokyo. I like Tokyo Drift too. They're very different. The translation seems to have a second. The English translation seems to be going in a very different direction. But both titles make sense, and yeah, we'll get into that a bit more. But uh, just a little history behind this one for us. Um, as we're talking about doing this, this is kind of, the, for me, the very first one that popped in my mind, and it's the one I kind of want to talk about the most. Um, I don't know if I'll have, like, a lot to say about it, that being said, but I think this is the reason I was really excited about doing this one. This is one of the first ones that popped into my head is, like, I have a lot of friends, you know, who like Japanese movies. And I don't, I've never heard anyone talk about this movie, and I think it deserves more recognition. So among the movies that we're going to talk about, I think this might be the least popular one or, like, yeah, the one that has the least fanfare. But it's one of the ones that I just I really really love, and I'm always surprised it's kind of not more popular. We'll get into it, but I get why it's not popular. Some of the narrative, you know, is a little, little wacky, a little out there. But um, for me, it just it really captures the side of Japan. And we have a friend named Akira, and uh, the main character of this movie kind of reminds me of Akira a bit. I don't know if you thought about him at all when you're watching it, but it kind of reminds me of the stand at his house, like the way that guy's apartment is, and. Um, just kind of the way he tells stories or the kind of shops he takes me to or the people he knows. It's like a certain slice of Japanese life that uh, only through certain friends that we have, you know, Aka guy too. Um, those guys seem to be like these people. But if I didn't know those guys, I would never see that side of Japan. So it's a very nuanced, rare side of Japan that I hope people are lucky enough to experience. And I've never really seen a movie totally capture that quite as much as this movie does. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the invisible side of a city, right? It's like the stuff that's right in front of your face and then maybe you haven't uh, paid too much attention to it until yeah. you're hyper aware of it. And I think our our, our friends are a good example of um, 
people that bring out that kind of energy when we, whenever we go somewhere. Like we just recently went with Akira to um, Kyoto. And that was an amazing experience. And I saw Kyoto in a different light than, you know, I had before. Yeah, we've been there so many times, you know. And, yeah, that's that's true. And I think this movie might get you to see Japan, hopefully, in a different way, whether you're living here or not living here. But um, for me, this is one I saw before I lived here. I was kind of excited to rewatch it after living here. I always think with any kind of Japanese media or, you know, we lived in Korea before, too. It was the same there. When you see something before you live in the place, I think playing Persona, we talked about before too, right? Um, and then playing it or seeing it when you live here is like a, you see two totally different things. And if it's something you love, it's awesome because it's going to bring a totally new experience to the thing you love, you know? And um, I think for me, this movie had a bit of the whole wacky Japan thing, you know, which I kind of love and hate. Uh, it can be annoying sometimes when Japan's labeled that way, but in other ways, I, I kind of get where people are coming from. Um, so a lot of times for me, when I watch Japanese media that now since living here, you know, I don't find it wacky at all. Uh, where before I was like, oh, this is kind of a little weird or silly. Um, or now it's like, no, this is, yeah, I get it now. Well, compared um, to house like this, no, you know, there's no comparison, right? Like, I mean, this is a pretty grounded, the, a grounded movie for the most part. I think the that characters are really over the top, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's some over-the-top uh, performances and over-the-top characters. And, and there are some, I wouldn't say magical, uh, you know, magical things. Uh, there's one exception. There's one part where I feel it's got a little magical realism in it. Yeah, yeah, I but, get it. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it could just be like really quirky people, you know? Yeah, that's, I guess, full of quirky people that... It might take you a whole lifetime to meet, but you're going to see in two hours of this movie kind of in a row. Yeah, it's stylized. Uh, it's kind of like a Wes Anderson movie, you know, where yeah. those characters, like those those characters don't exist in real life, but they work in, in, the, in the world that's created, right? Yeah. This is like similar to that on a smaller scale. Hmm. So I'm going to start with a really basic synopsis that I think um, is not going to spoil anything. It's like a good setup for the movie. You know, it's like the back of the book. And if you want to go and watch a movie after that, I think that'd be a good idea. Everything we said now and then hearing this, if you didn't want it spoiled, go, I'll, I'll let you know when we're going to start spoilers. But then after that point, you know, we're going to kind of really dive into the movie, go through the whole story and then kind of talk about maybe deeper themes or things that are interesting yeah. about it. So this we're, is your spoiler warning. Well, I'm, I'm not yet. Not yet. <laughs> let me go through the setup. So, uh, I'm reading this leading a lazy life. Fumiya has been a student for eight years and owes money to loan sharks. One day, a man named Fukuhara comes to collect a loan, which Fumiya cannot pay. So Fukuhara makes a proposition. He will cancel the debt as long as Fumiya agrees to walk with him across Tokyo to the police station and yeah, where he finds and then will eventually make a very important life decision. I'm editing things here, not to spoil it. Uh, not having any real choice in the matter, Fumiya has to accept the deal. Thus begins the journey. This is based on the original novel, which is 125th Nokia Prize winner, much acclaimed Nokia Prize, uh, which the novel is called Yushinaga Fujita. Um, oh, that's, uh, the, that's author, the author, isn't it? Author's name. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, author's name. So, yep, this movie is directed by um, a guy named Satoshi Miki. Uh, he has one other movie that kind of has a cult classic. It's some of the titles, something with turtles in it. Um, but really that and this are like his only movies. He's not really done much since then. And this movie uh, stars Joe Odegiri. And he's definitely one of my favorite Japanese actors. I, I think he kind of like peaked early though. Like I, I guess he, he got in the mainstream success in like the, about 10 years ago. But in terms of like artsy, cool stuff, um, in the early 2000s, he was doing a lot of it. He's done some Korean films, too, actually. He's been in some Korean movies. But he's a really cool guy. He's got a really great look to him. You see him in a lot of, like, subway ads and stuff here, if, if you start to kind of notice him. And in this movie, he has a very distinct look. But my favorite story about him, I don't know how true it is, but um, he went to USC film school, and he wanted to be a movie director. You know, he wanted to be, like, the next uh, Steven Spielberg and stuff. So he went to the States. And he signed up for classes, but his English was so bad that he actually signed up for acting classes, not directing classes. And he didn't really realize it until like he was a year and a half in. 
And he thought, well, it makes sense. You got to understand the actors first before you can direct them. So I guess they're just making me do like acting classes. And then um, it was like too little, too late. So he just became an actor and not a director, <laughs> which is such a crazy, funny story if it's true. But Yeah, uh, it sounds like something you tell your parents, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you want to be an actor and That's you right. show they, up at they, USC. They don't you want know. you to be. <laughs> so he's, he's the protagonist and he's, he's great. Uh, the his older character, the kind of Yakuza boss, uh, his name is Tomokazu Mura. I don't, I've not really seen him around much, but he's got a cool mullet in this movie. I guess, yeah, I guess they both kind of have mullets, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think, um, <laughs> Fumiya has more of like a, it's like that fro, you know, like the slacker fro. That's it's kinda... like a, it's a pompadour, a fro yeah. and a mullet combined, I would say. It kind of changes throughout the movie. It I does. Think it, you feel like the perm is like falling, yeah. like depends yeah. on the weather. But um, anyway, yeah, you should leave now and watch the movie if you're interested and don't want it spoiled for you. Uh, we're going to jump in. But yeah, anyway, that's it. Uh, yeah, Tfumia for me was like a style icon. This movie came out in 2007. And I just remember like I wanted to get the jacket he wears. Like he's got like a suede uh, leather jacket, kind of very Western style jacket. And for years, I looked for that jacket. And I actually just finally, I finally bought one, as you know, a couple months ago. And honestly, it was because of this movie, 13 years, I guess. It, I probably saw it a year after it came out or two. So 11 or 12 years it took me to find that jacket at a decent price. And then his shoes, too. He's wearing, like, tar- Clark Desert boots. And I totally went out and bought a pair, like, straight after that movie. And those have been my standard work shoes since. So, uh, yeah, he's he was, like, a character. I just wanted to look like him. I thought he was such a cool-looking dude. I mean, he, in in the movie itself, he does kind of um, he does kind of portray himself as a, a bit of a fashionista. Uh, when the yakuza asks him about his New Balances, when right before they go on the walk, he's like, "Those those shoes are cheesy." <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's cheesy to buy like you know new shoes before going on a a walk through Tokyo, but. Um, and then, and then when I think there is bird poo that gets on his jacket, and he's he's washing his jacket in like the park. So I mean, you could tell that like yeah, fashion's part of his, um, yeah, a bit maybe, of a bit of his uh, personality. Maybe that's why he owes the money. You know, spend too much money on his clothes or something. It, yeah, maybe. <laughs> do we ever? Do we ever? So I haven't. I wasn't able. We talked about finding this movie. I wasn't yeah. able. I didn't put a lot of time into it, but I wasn't able to quickly find it. Where did you? find the movie to watch oh i found the movie on my hard drive i actually had a copy of it yeah See, yeah I, so i, I had to... it i don't i, I think you, you uh i, must have I don't know to... if you shared it with me previously but I, yeah it was checking my hard drive i was like oh it's still on there yeah i used to have it but i lost my portable hard drive so i did right before we recorded you know i was looking i did see it was on hulu at least at a time so maybe if you have hulu it'd be on there um but yeah, you can find it through du- dubious means, I'm sure. But yeah, yes, I'm sure. Definitely- <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. see it. But, I didn't um, watch it on YouTube or anything, so I'm sorry okay. if you're, you're if people out there are trying to look look for yeah. a, a copy on YouTube. So I think like the opening of the movie, kind of what I read there, you know, I just remember really specifically besides like his kind of cool style was uh, like the the toothpaste. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't seen that style of toothpaste in a long time, and I just noticed straight away, like, I, this is a movie about the small details, you know? Like, just the, you gotta look in the, like you said, a Wes Anderson movie, like, you gotta look in the background and see what's on the shelves, and really kind of keep your eyes peeled, because, um, like, uh, it's kind of very meditated, I think, a lot of the shots, and the, what people are doing or, or saying, and again, if I could only speak Japanese, I imagine, like, the lang- language play and stuff would be pretty cool in this movie. Yeah, should we just get right into it? Should we start yeah, off at so, the beginning? So they start you going want me- on the walk, right? Well, I'll start at the beginning because the beginning okay. is quite important. And um, that's where he's looking at the toothpaste and he's thinking that this toothpaste is going to turn around his life. You know, it's like yeah. he's so low at this point that getting a, a new toothpaste is, you know, is <laughs> the only piece of hope he has left in his life. As soon as he's, Aquafresh, it's aqua fresh, yeah, the yeah. three colors, yeah, and yeah. I think they he mentions the three colored toothpaste, yes, yeah, uh, and then all of a sudden, this yakuza guy comes through the door and grabs him, manhandles him a bit, 
puts a sock in, he takes off his sock and puts it in his mouth. Oh yeah, Mr. Sock mouth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you could tell this Yakuza is just going through the you know it's by the numbers. You know, like his heart's yeah, not in this. Like yeah, it's uh, not really hurting him yeah. too badly. Yeah, and uh, he tell he tells Fumia that he owes uh, loan sharks uh, like. 800 bucks or, or what was it 8000 bucks i can't remember exactly what it is to, like uh, which fumia spent for law school he's been yeah. in law school for like eight years or something hmm. and he says if you don't pay it back you know i'm gonna visit again you know the deal and uh don't don't run away <laughs> and so uh fumia what do you think about fumia being a law student for me that was never very believable he seemed like he was like a a film yeah, art major or something like that. He doesn't seem like a law kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, but he's a, a washout, like, I mean, student. You know, he's not good. Obviously, he's not doing that well. You know, he has nothing going for him. He's not working at a law practice or something, that, you know, just to, to make some ends meet or anything. I mean, he's going to school for eight years. I guess years, a lot of people you know, it seems a little long. It so- sounds good, you know? Yeah, there there is a, a scene or two where he does use his law knowledge Okay. You know, and I, I, it might just be to move the story ahead at um, one particular part. Mm. But um, yeah, the the yakuza is uh, uh, what's it, Tomokazu, mm. and um, yeah, he, I mean, he just comes in, he leaves, leaves a mess in in the apartment. You know, yeah. uh, the typical kind of like, you know, loan shark setup. Yeah, that's right. His apartment, though, I think. You know, there's this whole Marie Kondo thing. I probably talked about it once before, but I'm always, like, annoyed by it. Because in the West, people think that's, like, what Japanese houses are like. And they're this minimalist place. But, yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons right away in the beginning of the movie, I really like the style of his room. Because that, to me, when I go to Japanese friends' houses, you know, that's kind of, like, what their house is like. It's, like, this one tatami room just full of stuff, you know. And that scene kind of, again, encapsulates to me the side of Japan that I, I see living here when I used to visit kind of non-touristy side of japan you know yeah yeah i mean this place is a mess <laughs> yeah but a lot of my japanese friends i think have places that are kind of like that so yeah we won't mention any names no names there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh so um yeah after that uh he's outside in the park and he finds like a um he finds a key on the floor uh fumia finds a key on the floor and it opens a locker nearby locker by a, a subway station mm-hmm. and uh he's needs to find money so he decides to open the locker and see what's inside and when he opens it there's this mysterious bag and he uh pulls it out after a funny exchange with the the man at the station who's kind of look at him looking at him suspiciously yeah um fumia takes the bag out and he sits on a park bench and when he opens it it's full of uh, dharma, the the dolls, yeah. the dolls, the like round red dolls with the mm. the beard and the one, the eyes that you color yeah. in. Yeah, you got to color in the pupils. Um, they're they're really famous in Japan. I'm sure you've seen them before. Um, they're kind of like a mochoshka for Japan, right? Like Japan's version of a mochoshka doll. Except there's nothing inside. I, I don't think. No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. No. So the whole bag is just like tons of these little dolls, and then the um, and then uh, uh, Tomo's uh, Kazu comes up and he says, "Those belong to me. Where's my money?" Mm. And uh, Fumia decides, uh, you know, he says, uh, "You could have it, I guess." <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> and uh, and then the yakuza asks him to go on this these walks with him. That's mm. yes, right. And then, so Fumia's not into it at all. Like, the prospect of walking, you know, doesn't seem exciting to him in any way. And he also kind of, like, can't believe it, right? Well, I think like, he's re- scared. Really, you're going to give me a million yen? Like, what's what's the catch? Yeah, that's right. He offers him a million yen. And, uh, Which is and more than pay what he off, owes. Yeah, pay off his debt and, and then some, and right? More. Yeah, 200000 extra, yeah. Yeah, um, but... <laughs> I think he's slightly frightened. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I know it's not played like where he looks like totally scared, but I mean, mm. 
it does seem kind of like a scam where he's right. going to take him and rough him up or, or something, you know, is going to happen. The Yakuza is like a really, we should talk about him a little bit. Like he seems like kind of ex, not excited, but he's pretty like looking forward to going on this walk. You know, he, it's kind of like where we, we start to like mention it. We see like a little bit of like a sillier side to him, you know, uh, not like all just the Yakuza. And I think that's kind of like a important part of this movie is that, None of the characters are one-dimensional. I think in a lot of movies, you know, you get these kind of archetypical characters. Mm-hmm. They're really hard, hard to figure out. I think pretty early on, like you said, there's hints that the Yakuza isn't your typical Yakuza. And he's going through the motions. And then when he goes on this walk, you know, he starts to be pretty friendly early into it, right? I mean, his whole interaction with Fumia is kind of friendly. And yeah. he, it's slightly threatening, but mostly mostly friendly, I would say. He like almost like it becomes like a father figure, you know, like an old, you know, that different generation, the kind of baby boomer before that generation kind of father figure, disgruntled but joking around and yeah, he's an older yakuza, you know. I mean, he's like in his, I mean, I would say 60s, like maybe 50s. yeah, maybe late fifties, and uh, so I mean, he's definitely not in his heyday. Yeah, so they start walking. And for me, I think just that setup alone, I love walking in Japan. And like, <laughs> yeah. This is a movie based around walking in Japan and just the weird stuff you see. And I never thought there'd be a movie that, that does that, you know? Um, and really, that's kind of the basis backbone of this movie. And there's no city I like walking in more, more than Tokyo either around the whole world. So I just, from that get-go, I just, I just love this movie. And some of the things they capture on their walk are just things that, like, yeah, you you do totally see. Or maybe I haven't personally seen that, but it's so believable because I've seen some wacky, kind of weird things. In a city of 30 million people, you know, the biggest city in the world, it's such a fascinating city. And I think we got to kind of talk about here that the uh, city is a character, you know, of this movie. It's one of those movies where the two guys aren't your own main characters. But, you know, Tokyo really plays an important role, I think, in this yeah, yeah. As they're walking around, you know, you get some of the sounds that, like, you might hear that it might be kind of bizarre. Like, for example, when they first start their walk, they kind of come across, like, a, a school. Maybe it's a private school. And then there's a lot of, uh, there's some symphonic music being played. And the <laughs> and uh, um, I always forget his name. It's uh, Tomokazu gets the... Um, like the for the crossing the street, there's the little flags inside a little uh, cup yeah, holder, yeah. and yep, he pulls yep. the flags out and he starts like composing the music, you know, like uh, like Bugs Bunny, you know, on the cartoons or whatever. Like a what are you a conductor, right? Conducting yeah, yeah. the music. That's what I was trying to think of. And um, and there's little touches like that. Yeah, like he takes the 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 little flags for crossing the street, you know, which is, mm. you know, common for like the, the crossing guards in the mornings and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't see those around so much anymore. That, oh, I totally actually, have maybe, my neighborhood, maybe my in your neighborhood. neighborhood yeah. 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 Must, maybe it's like a certain city thing, but Kobe, yeah, yeah. we have them for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a great nuance, you know? Yeah. Little um, things like that. There's some gorilla, gr- gorilla like filming through, um, like Shoten guys and yeah, it feels and like, low, like that so too. low budget at points like that, right? But again, like the, the cast in this movie, uh, there's a female actress we'll get to later, but I totally rec- know her and recognize her, and you know it's it's got a star-studded cast, so it's kind of cool. Uh, they get that gorilla feel, like you said. I, I mean, I hear things are really hard to film in in Japan. So I wonder if some, t- mm. some of the times that it's just easier to take a camera and, and get some gorilla footage. And so this movie feels like it has a bit of that energy. Yeah, I would say so. You think it's time to introduce like, uh, the, the kind of side story office staff or are we not quite there yet? I can't remember. Yeah, I any... think we're, we're about there, but, um, as they're walking, um, and pretty early on, uh, the Yakuza tells, um, Fumia that, he had actually done something really t- t- horrible. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this walk, he's going to turn himself in to the police. Okay. And he said, once once we go to the police, the, the walk is over. You get your money. Don't, you know, don't worry. You know, it's just going to go as long as, as long as I want. Mm-hmm. But 
when we when I feel like Decide. it's the time, then yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go turn myself in. Yeah. How does Fumi react to that? I can't remember. Uh, he's pretty. I mean, he's pretty. Just kind of like, oh, okay, okay, that's, <laughs> that's kind of strange. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, it, and you learn early on that actually the crime that the Yakuza committed was uh, killing his wife. Yes. Yeah. How what do he we admits how, to? How do we learn that? Um, I believe he just says that like. Uh, he says something along the lines of uh, human life is fragile, but I don't remember exactly when he tells him. Do you remember? No, because I, all I remember is like they're hinting at that, but I just kept thinking it can't be it. Like it's got to be a, a decoy or something. He tells that he says that at the beginning. And then yeah, but I think I felt like the, in real. the movie, you're left to wonder like, is it, was it true or is that really what happened or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this this movie does try to play with your expectations and usually it like gives you it gives you a scenario that where you feel like, Okay, I think I know what's gonna happen mm. and then they answer that question like right away. Like mm. it doesn't they don't leave you hanging, but they they throw in wrinkles that you're like, No, this can't this couldn't have been the <laughs> what's going to happen and then they give you the answer like straight away but it does play with your expectations a bit mm-hmm. and i think the wife is is part of part of that yeah so i think now you could talk about the office, office yeah, yeah, yeah so they kind of like start showing his house his apartment and stuff and like people from uh, the wife's work call, call in there leaving voicemails and uh then you start to kind of see the office staff that she works with right and there's this whole kind of side story and for me, I think the first I've seen this movie a couple times, and I think the first time I saw it, I kind of viewed the side story as a a miss for the movie. Like, uh, it never really came into any real fruition. You think there's gonna be like this kind of crescendo moment where they meet up with um, you know, Fukuya and the, the Yakuza, and there's some big moment with the wife or something. But I felt it never kind of came to like a climax or a point, and I, I think that's kind of like Western cinema. A Western cinema viewpoint, and I've you know been watching Japanese movies or Asian movies long enough to know that it's not always like that. And um, for me, it, it kind of shows that the city is so important in this movie. I, I kind of think their purpose. I think a lot of it's to add kind of comic relief. They're really silly and stuff, but I think another part of it is like they're out looking for the wife, right? Like they want to like go to the apartment and find her, and as they're doing that. Just all these kind of silly, funny anecdotes along the way, but really, essentially, what they're doing is it's they're walking through Tokyo too, right? And you're seeing kind of parts of Tokyo as well, and I, I think that kind of you know fits the whole the walking nature of this story. Um, yeah, I was trying to piece that together too because um, yeah, it is played for comic relief, but then the the other part is they're calling the home and nobody's answering, so that does mean like something happened to the wife, mm-hmm. and you you get like the real sense that maybe she is dead and maybe she was killed, and, and she's not showing up to work anymore, you know. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of weird that it it um, there's that juxtaposition of uh, you know that. The comedic aspect, and then this this dark under undertone of or this sense of dread that she's actually dead, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I was thinking about that a lot while while watching the movie, and I think it has a, a little bit to do with like, um, I wouldn't say the tragedy of the wife, but like just kind of how I wonder if it's a a commentary on how like women are not always given like the you know respect and I, I yeah the respect or the um um aren't taken as seriously maybe mm-hmm. uh, because even though they have concerns they always get sidetracked they always forget they always put yeah. her off until like tomorrow tomorrow we'll we'll um we'll give her a call tomorrow mm-hmm. we'll go visit her tomorrow We'll get her like a box of spices <laughs> yeah, yeah. and bring it to her tomorrow. You know, so I wonder if there's something else going on there. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I like that re- reading of it. Yeah, I viewed it was just kind of just a slice of life, you know, for the city and for Tokyo. That uh, 
And they're really quirky. I mean, the one that always stays with me is um, the the hanger on the head, you know? Oh, they have these crazy conversations. Actually, um, theirs is the whirl on the head. The whirl. Yeah, the whirl. So they were talking about how the whirl on your head, like the... Smells like the essence of the person. Smells, yeah. And and my family, you know, Liz, let's try it out. And she said, it's true that... My son and me, she's like, yeah, it's totally like your, your kind of smell, like just a really concentrated <laughs> version of your smell. And then we also try out the hanger thing. And another scene they're talking about, if you put a hanger on your head, this, so like you stretch out, you know, a tri- uh, hanger is like a triangle. If you kind of stretch it out and put it over your head, uh, the side that has the hook on it, your head will just always kind of turn that way just because it, automatically it's weighted and it's totally true. Uh, we did it and like, yeah, your head... I mean, you can definitely resist it, but there's just like this natural feeling that your head kind of wants to go that way. Yeah, you know what? I I had thought I'd never seen this movie until I got to that part, and then I remember you and that's, I. That's pretty far like, in. That's like yeah, halfway I, to well, two thirds. I think it was the first scene with the the whirl on the head. I started. I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure I've seen this movie. And then um, there's a cosplay scene. That I was like, oh yeah, I definitely have seen this before. And then and then I think the hanger showed up and i was like yeah i remember where i saw so that's, this. that's the funny thing like that's not the main story that's the part that maybe i think people are going to have a hard time with the story because it kind of seems pointless at times well the hanger those the three hangers things actually are, the hanger is later on at that that's at a, another character's house yeah, yeah, yeah when they all meet up but yeah it's not it's not the three there the hanger is not with the three the hanger is with um um fumia and uh Aichiko. Actually, I've been calling him by his actual name, the, the Yakuza Actor. guys. Aichiko. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, like those side things are they're real, like I said, slice of life. It's kind of like, it's kind of conversation you get in when you're, like, you're drunk or maybe just late at night. I don't know. To me, I, I love that stuff. Again, first watch, it kind of like disappointing that in terms of like the grand narrative, it doesn't have like a real importance on the structure. But I think those are like the director, the writer just really captured just funny conversations, good dialogue, you know. There's another connection uh, to the, the the actual story of um, Fumia's story, and that that connection is that Fumia is in a pachinko parlor at the beginning of the movie, and there's a woman that says, "If you see this actor on the street, you will yeah. have good luck." Yeah, and so Fumia early on <laughs> sees this actor and. Uh, and then the the three from the uh, wife's business, um, they go and they uh, they see the actor too, and then that leads to like the end of their story. Hmm. So there is there is a bit of a connection there. Yeah, I, maybe you need to know who that actor is. I didn't know who it was. He seems I've like seen an him, older, like famous I've seen him in other movies, kind of actor. Dude, yeah. He's in a lot of weird movies. Uh, uh, Asano Tonabu, if you know him, a lot of his movies too. So. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah he's kind of like, a, I think, a, a cult classic mm-hmm. in old age, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, we better start flying through the story a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe we'll just do kind of one one big segment and uh, we can just put in music and split it up or whatever, right? I think because we're, we're kind of talking about the themes and deeper stuff as we're doing the, the summary, so. Yeah, let's just do it's it natural, just right? Blend it all in, yeah. Um, so uh, as they continue going, we do get this cool scene where um, they're asking uh, the, the Achiko is asking um, Aichiro is asking Fumia about the um, like where do you what's your neighborhood? Where do you go? Like you know we're, we've been going to all over to my the neighborhoods I like and stuff, but where would you go? And he said, oh, I don't really have a hometown. And we, we've we known that um, Fumia doesn't have any family. That's another big part that we I don't think we've mentioned yet. But mm-hmm. he doesn't have any family. He doesn't have, like, a parent that he was abandoned as a child. Yeah. In Japan, and that's so, kind of a big deal. Yeah. And he, he was talking about, like, there was a family that raised him, but he doesn't really feel that all that attached. And so when they go back to the house um, where he used to live, it was destroyed. Like it's gone and he feels, he says he feels better now that he sees that. Oh, and then there's around that point, there's a really great scene. Again, these side parts are like so good where he like remembers back to being young and going to like a popular girl's like birthday party. 
and he buys her uh, Lacoste uh, polo, but he doesn't have enough money to buy her the real one. So he just like goes to, like a vintage shop, buys a blue polo or something, and he like finds a shop where you like they sell this to alligator, uh, like the what do you call it? No, he bought uh, socks. Oh, socks because they're yeah. cheaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the socks had the Lacoste uh, little stitching thing on it, and he like pastes it on, glues it on there, and gives it to the girl. And does it fall off when she's wearing it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it falls off, right? Yeah, yeah, it falls off. She puts it on. She says she loves it, and she puts it on, and the little, the little alligator falls off. No, that's great. Like that whole scene is really. That's one of those. Um, I think it's a memory, so it's kind of like magic realism, you know? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's a, everything is kind of heightened. He's skipping down the street like a happy boy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cheesy, but yeah. um, that's There's a really some great part. Yeah, for sure. that's yeah. a really great scene. Um, so he has no and then he, he goes he goes to look for that girl, hmm. uh, you know, and they um, they end up in a tatami shop where a guy uses tatami as a weapon. And yes. He says it's a, where he says it's a great weapon, <laughs> yeah. and he says that his daughter his daughter um, is working downtown, and uh, if you see my daughter, tell her to stop wearing those clothes. And you think like, okay, what what happened More to the clothes, daughter? Because yeah, yeah. like in the flashback, the daughter seems She's like, like a, a preppy, very yeah, proper preppy. girl. Yeah. It's a very idealistic, you know, a, like a childhood romance, right? Mm. And but when they find this girl, she's working it at like some cosplay club. Yeah smoking like chain smoking, <laughs> and she's like, "What? What do you want?" You know, like she's. It's not that ideal picture you know so no. when they they do find like those things that you know they they remember really fondly it's never these memories are never quite as they re- either remember them or there's like a little bit of the <laughs> a sadness in each of these memories mm-hmm. you know? yeah it's comp- complex you know that's, and that's, that, a- that's the scene where we get the 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 cosplayer the the this old man cosplayer with a cape yeah it's like a superhero yeah. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, there's a. I think it's Ray from Evangelion. Uh, one of the girls is. Yeah, that's that's the girl that he remembers yeah, from yeah, his yeah, youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that's the craziest scene is they catch this cosplayer um, stealing from a locker, and it's this old man in this white like superhero costume, and uh, they go when they confront him, he jumps over the edge of a building. <laughs> And just lands like perfectly normal, like, no problem. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Um, yeah, and then, um, oh, and then they end up uh, going to a hotel where uh, Fumia tells, uh, starts thinking about this story where he meets an older woman. Do you remember this scene? No, I don't remember this scene. So he meets an older woman, and uh, he starts talking about. Um, how he went to a hotel with this woman and uh and he didn't end up doing anything but uh the woman said that she really like uh cared for him and then um uh Aichiro says that his wife the reason why he killed his wife was because uh, uh she said she loved loved one of the guys that she was um messing around with yes yes yes, yes. so it's implied. <laughs> Fumi, it's implied that Fumia might have guy. been that guy. And yeah, he starts to get a very worried look on his face, right? Yeah, he yeah. starts really sweating. And um, after like a day of like smoking and, <laughs> and like <laughs> shaking, out. you know, he, he asks uh, he asks uh, Aichi, Aichiro how to um, to see a picture of his his mm-hmm. wife. And Aichiro's like, that's kind of a weird, weird request. Yeah. But uh, he gives her, him a, a picture and he looks at her and he, he just can't believe that it wasn't it wasn't the woman that he had met. Right, right, right. Yeah. I remember feeling at that time that maybe the Yakuza knew this all along and he's like stringing him along to yeah. kill, kill him or something, right? That was kind of like a good uh, plot twist perhaps, but it actually uh, didn't happen. Yeah. That's one of those things where this movie gives you an expectation that you think you know the answer to. You're like, oh, okay, this has got to be where this movie's going, and um, and it, it subverts your expectations. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, immediately. <laughs> yeah, 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 like you said, they don't. You don't have to wait an hour. They to don't find linger out. on it. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't. I like it though. Um, there's a bunch of small ones of those. Uh, 
What do you think yeah. of the guy? The guy with the um, guitar. I wonder if he's supposed to like have some symbolic meaning or something. But to me, it's just like kind of comic relief. And actually, on one of my trips to Tokyo, I, I've seen a guy uh, walking in the street who had a mini amp on him, and he was just playing music so similar to that. And I just felt, yeah, man, this captures the things that you may only see a couple times in your life here, living here. But yeah, I just thought. It's kind of weird. It's I feel they put a lot of emphasis on it. Like he really stops and stares and watches them. You know? Do you, you think, think it's any coincidence? Well, I, I so I mean it's a bit of a stretch. But um, w- while Fumiya is following the guy playing the guitar, uh, Aichiro is fo- he follows a woman who um, uh, who he lied to, saying that she, he was like an art collectors or an art dealer or something like that and she wanted to show him her artwork i don't know if you remember this character but no uh she goes she's a really weird weird character and he goes into her apartment and her apartment's like totally messed up like i mean you you like um fumia's apartment at the beginning you're gonna love this apartment yeah. uh and she pulls out like the coffee like the instant coffee and she a puck comes out of the <laughs> like it's so old, old yeah. yeah um and all of her paintings are like of world war Two, like battleships huh <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh i ichiro is just like shaking his head like what am i doing <laughs> at this lady's lady's apartment so i wonder if it has something to do with art you know it's like making a statement about art hmm. like uh I don't know what the statement. I'd have to rewatch it and like really think about it to, you know, put on yeah. my my literature cap. Yeah, I'm you not know, to, that one. to you know figure that one out. But um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe the freedom of the guitar, you know, taking Shor- it to the streets. Shortly after that, the the hangar scene, right? That's yeah, but that happens. Uh, okay, that that's kind of a major part too. There we gotta get there. <laughs> okay how, how do we get there I can't okay, so so we start seeing what like the uh, yakuza had been doing in the city like i mean he pretends to be an art dealer for for this woman he do, like does all these scams for people you know the yakuza are kind of known for doing these kind of things for the community right mm. and uh one of the things that he says he does is he pretends to be married to some women in town so like hostess so they yeah. could tell their families like, oh, yeah, I have a husband and I have a kid and I have, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Except he's, you know, my husband's not around that much because of his job. So he goes to um, this woman's place and uh, that's, uh, uh, it's Makiko is her name. She's and that's character. played, uh, yeah, Kyoko Kozumi. Kyoko Koizumi, and I've seen I've seen her before. Yeah, she's so when I saw her, like I was like the biggest main character, and she's great. And so she's the hostess, and they show up at this hostess bar, and she's like, "Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, come on! If you need me, if you need some help, let me know." And so she lets them stay at her house, Mm. and her house is like a very old traditional Japanese tatami room. Her house house. is really cool vibe to it. Like yeah. uh it's like the kind of Japanese house I always want to go to, you know. I've not really been to many houses like that, maybe just one, but yeah, I I just want to be at that scene and at those dinners and stuff at her house. Well, I think specifically they chose that house specifically because it looks like a Japanese like traditional home. Yeah. Once again, this is another place that's kind of dilapidated and kind of old, and the kitchen's like messed up. It's got like stuff everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, all these characters that we see, they're not like the most well off uh, or fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it, it is more the the um, real the poor side of it's things. The real Japan. The real I really Japan. Think it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's where they start they rest for a while because um oh there was a kung fu fight at a watch i had a watch shop of course know if, yeah. as there is sometimes <laughs> so um yeah uh aichiro was injured and so he needed a place to to rest while he yeah. tended to his injuries his, his, and he said that um his last meal on that that fight was going to be curry yes yes, yes that's yes, right yes. Because that's what he wants before he goes to turns himself into prison. Yeah, and that's like a big moment. Like, okay, this is happening, and uh, you know, the main character starts to get sad. Sad at this moment, right? Is he getting sad yet? I mean, I think, I think 
I think it's this this is the part where you start to see like their relationship. You know, Fumiya and uh, Ichiro seem to becoming like a it's a father son relationship, right? right? Uh, that's important and, that Fumiya has no family. I think to develop that he looks at to him as a father now. Yeah, and um, uh, Makiko takes them in as well, and it they have a dinner together, and uh, the dinner is very much like a, a it's you start to get this idea that like. Well, it's not just that. I think it's just that Fumiya is having a family. Like, he's living, like, the family life. Yeah. And um, Makiko is kind of, like, not not good at it. <laughs> so she keeps saying these, like, um, these uh, like sayings that don't make like, <laughs> of a lot of sense. Like, one is, like, I think you're... Uh, um, <laughs> Are you missing a crease in your butthole or something like that? <laughs> something along those Some lines. Real wild ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and they there's both da- look at each other like, oh, what is she talking about? There, you know? There's like a daughter there too, right? Like a young girl. So um, the niece comes to visit, okay. and yeah. the niece is uh, Fufumi. Yeah, and she's she chatter. Yeah, she is quite the character. She comes in. She's just you know like in his face and. Um, and she ends up taking a bath, and she says a lot of we- really weird things. It has a lot of weird, like, f- tastes. Yes. So um, very animated. Uh, really great performance from that actress. Yeah, she's um, awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and at this house, they start having, like, a family dynamic. And I think that Fumia starts to feel like he's a part of a family. He gets a day or two days of mm. feeling like he has a little sister, a couple of days of... Um, feeling like he has like a father and a mother figure and um it actually at this point of the movie it starts to get really sad yeah, yeah you, <laughs> like, you wouldn't imagine like from where the movie starts to where it ends it takes a while it happens really fast because even like the first 30 40 minutes of this movie it just all seems like a joke or such a wacky scenario but it really develops quickly in like i feel like 30 minutes time of like yeah, you start to see that these are real people and there's you see the backstory and yeah, you start to kind of care for these characters. Yeah, and um it seems like uh Makiko really notices this and she kind of takes um Fumiya out to like a zoo and Fumiya's like, "Oh, I've never been to a zoo before." And she's like, "Why haven't you been to a zoo? Don't you have parents?" And he's he's like, "Nah, I don't have parents." And she's like, "Ah, oh, that must be why um Aichi I, Aichiro really likes you is because uh, he had a son mm. and then uh, he had a son that um, he didn't get to know and then so it, it once again this is another part that implies like maybe Fumiya has been his kid after all after all yes, and, yes, yes. but then they squash, the that really, <laughs> they squash that right away too because then uh, as, as soon as you start thinking that you're like oh maybe that's why he really came after this kid Hmm. Is because, um, but it's his. You find out his son died yeah. at a, a young age. But she was. She says all this stuff like, "Oh yeah, you're, He would have been like your, your age." age and, yeah. yeah, it yeah. almost feels like they're making fun of like movie tropes, like to the audience. Like, hmm. this is a yeah. classic trope, and you're gonna be the son, and then like we'll let you believe that. And haha, no, that's not it. Like, I really feel like it's kind of meta in that way, or like a real film watcher's film in that. Uh, if it's like your first, yeah, movie you've seen or something, obviously not first, but you know, in the first hundred or so, yeah, you're probably not gonna like it. But it's kind of like if you're a veteran and you've seen a lot of movies, it kind of plays with your emotions in that way. I think it's funny. Yeah, um, and then we have the the close hanger scene, and it's it's between it's between that family. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Um, they go to an amusement try, park. Try it out, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, Fumiya has never been to an amusement park. He ends up going with uh, Aichiro, and mm-hmm. Aichiro is, is is becoming like a, a father, father figure to totally. him. Yeah, and he's kind of like accepting that role as well, which is mm-hmm. kind of um, interesting. And then uh, when they come back home, uh, Aichiko, Aichiro requests that he has curry for dinner. And Fumiya understands what that means. That Game means he's going to turn himself in. You know, their their walk is finished. Yeah. Now, what at the beginning of the movie would have been like he's just waiting for that to happen. He can't wait for it to be done. Yeah. Now it's become a moment he doesn't want to see happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and then they have their last walk. You know, their last walk is to the police station. And as they're walking there, um, Fumia starts walking backwards. And um, Aichi Rose asks, why are you doing that? You know, why are you walking backwards? And he's like, "Uh, because I read in a comic book that (laughs) if you walk like this, it'll rewind time. Yes. And uh, (laughs) and, uh, so... (laughs) He gets Aichiro to do it too, and they're yeah. both walking backwards. And an old woman comes up against, comes to them, and she asks, "Like, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm walking. We're walking backwards." And she's like, "Yeah, but why?" Yeah, and they say it so seriously, <laughs> and, right? Like, yeah, rewind yeah. time, of course. Come on. Yeah, and and she says, "Oh, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I like being old." And they're yeah. like, "Okay." <laughs> they see her they see her walk away and she's like she's like a block away and then she, she turns starts. around and she starts walking backwards liar <laughs> yeah liar yeah it's such a great scene yeah 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 and then yeah. he does he does the deed and turns himself in right yeah he turns himself in while uh, Fumia isn't looking he runs across the street mm-hmm. goes to turn, turn himself in and um yeah, that's pretty much. That's it. Yeah, he, gives him, he gives him his money. That's right. He's a man of his word. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it. You know, yeah, Fumia had his his taste of family, the family life. You know. Yeah, and then and it's one of those ones that doesn't have like a like big Shiro. like resolved ending or anything like that. But uh, I don't think there's any profound ending to the movie. But yeah, I mean, usually. You judge a movie by like the amount like a character has changed, mm. and um, you know, I don't know if there's some major change you could see in the characters' lives, you know, but um, but they're definitely, you know, I'm sure they definitely found both found something that they wanted at the end, you know, yeah. Uh, for Aichiro, it's to find a um, find a son, you know, and mm. in a, in a yeah, way, and it's just for a day or two. Yeah, and for Fumia, and I think for Aichiro, it's more like finding like something that he he knows he could never have, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, he he wasn't gonna have any more after what he's done. Yeah, and uh, for Fumia, it's um, yeah, it's finding out that like who he didn't expect and what he didn't expect is what you know it was something that was missing in his life as well. Mm. I think this movie, like, if you look at that opening scene, it kind of has, like, this classic Yakuza kind of trope set up, you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a little quirks here and there, but you just would never guess that some of the scenes we mentioned, you know, smelling someone's whirl in their hair, the hanger, <laughs> cosplay, these cosplay scenes where people are jumping off roofs or, like, walking backwards for rewind time, you know? Like, the movie ends up going in this kind of crazy direction that I think uh, you'd never guess in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I think it's a lot more touching than I I had remembered once mm. I started once I started to remember it. Yeah. Um, you know, it it really does pull at your heartstrings, but it's not like your typical like uh sad family story, you know. I mean, it very very much is its own its own thing. You laugh, you cry, there's action. <laughs> it's got it all. No. Uh, you know, those all the movie trailers they always try telling you, you do it all. But this movie does a little a little bit of everything. Yeah, it could be sl- like I mean, you could think like a movie like this could be slow, right? Yeah, I, I mean, think there's there a, is. I think there's a point in the middle of the movie we were t- talking about like, the art dealer stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. That part of the movie, I, again, I totally forgot about it. Not seeing the movie <laughs> in two or three years, uh, all the way through. I think that part is the slow part of the movie. Yeah, I think there there are a couple of parts where they're actually trying to point out like famous things in Tokyo, and I mm. think actually those parts kind of suffer be- because it just kind of feels like tourism, you know? Yeah, like they go like to Tokyo they go Tower to Tokyo and get torn down or something like that. Yeah, right? Tokyo Mama, the, which is the woman that reads like palms, and she has like a uh, the, I don't know if you saw that Shibuya Mama or whatever her name mm. was. So there are a couple of things that I think are just like common things you see in Tokyo and. Um, and yeah, it could be a little bit slow, but I think if you want to see like the Tokyo landscape, I mean, it feels like Tokyo now. I mean, it was yeah, made in 2007. Really yeah. Uh, 19, and, yeah, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it feels the same. It feels, it feels the same. Like I, when I was watching it, I was like, this could be 19, 
1997 or 2007. Like you couldn't, I don't know if you could really tell that. Yeah. I don't think so either. It's, it's one of those movies. Lost in translation was this kind of movie for me where it's like, if this movie was filmed somewhere I, I didn't care about, I don't think I'd like the movie. The story is not riveting in any way, but it's the atmosphere and it's the place. And if you like Japan and modern, modern day Japanese culture and Japanese people and, uh, you know, uh, cities, this look and kind of feel of the cities, the alleyways and things, I think you'll love this movie. But, uh, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to be into Japan. So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you if, you gotten this, like it. if you've gotten this far, you're definitely going to like this movie. But I, I, I'm just saying I, I admit that it's not, like, the greatest storytelling ever. But I think in terms of capturing atmosphere or a certain part of life here, I think it's kind of like our podcast. I mean, not to give our podcast too much credit, but I think it's a visual a movie form of capturing the nuanced side of Japan, personally. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. And I think it's kind of a slice of daily life, you know, I mean, the food they eat, the, you know, the items that you see in people's houses, like you were saying, there's a lot of little details here and there that, um, that are, you know, stuff that kind of fascinates, fascinates us is stuff we talk about all the time in the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, right. you and I have talked a lot about just walking down alleys and just walking down streets and just, yeah. walking around japan and um and this movie definitely it definitely uh lives up to its name it's name, yeah. right if you're not in japan and you want to be in japan i think it's a great movie i think that's why i used to watch it so much before i lived here was um it's the next one of the next best things you know to, to be out here hanging out with my japanese friends and just doing what i do when i'm in japan which is just walking around you know yeah so yeah, the performances are great. I mean, it's it's a lot of, of overacting, you know, yeah. like, but in a in a way that's like charming. It's like I said, similar to a Wes Anderson movie. And wasn't yeah. wasn't Wes Anderson gonna do uh, do this movie? Like, wasn't he gonna um, make a remake this oh, movie? Oh, all right, yeah. You're you're very possibly right. Um, or is it? There, I know there's a French movie that is similar to this movie, The French Dispatch, and, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I have I have a vague reg- uh, recollection that Wes Anderson was thinking of d- doing a, a version of this movie. It, one review on Rotten Tomatoes says this is the kind of movie that suckers like Wes Anderson have been trying to make but aren't talented enough to make. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's a Reddit thread about uh, Wes Anderson like Japanese films, and this one came up under that. So we've been saying that all along. It's interesting that we're not the only ones who uh, feel that way. So I can't find any, I can't find any official thing saying he was going to remake this. I think uh, it's, we're thinking about that French movie, not the French Dispatch, his new one, but uh, there's another one. I think this movie has a a, a lot of. I, I can see the similarities to Wes Anderson. You and I are both big Wes Anderson fans. Yeah, I guess we should. And um, there's a bit of a fetishism of like the the city and the items in the city and the the toothpaste at the beginning, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff without like a lot of the artifice that Wes Anderson has. Hmm. Like it feels like Bottle Rocket. If you've seen Wes Anderson's yeah, um, Bottle Rocket, it, like think... his earlier work, where he didn't have as many like sets and stuff, mm-hmm. it, it feel, felt natural. Like these are weird people living in a in a weird world, but it's our world, right? Whereas, like his new movies seem like sets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I, in a good way, I, I like I love Wes Anderson's movies, but um, this. Yeah, this is more in the lines of like the Bottle Rocket days. Yeah, and I think Rushmore the bottle, days. bottle Rocket days are dialogue and characters are really important. You know, again, the story story wasn't such a big deal, and um, I think that this this kind of captures you know that. And what's crazy about it is like watching it, you know, with subtitles. Just whoever did the translation is is great. Uh, it really still delivers a movie that's so nuanced and the conversations are what really matter. You might think that a lot of that's lost and who knows, maybe a lot of it is lost and if that's true, then it's such an amazing, it must be such an amazing movie in Japanese because I feel that the, the English translation is hilarious. Yeah. And it really oh, hits okay. home and it's somehow deep still, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, no, it's a wonder. It's a wonderful job. I mean, I think that everything shines through. I think there may be a couple of parts that might be lost in translation, but you know, and you don't quite get the nuance. Yeah. Um, and if you're not familiar with Jap- Japanese, like um, film. Yeah, living in context, I guess. There might be a few things that might seem a little odd, or like why why is this happening? I think the cosplay party at the parties. Yeah. If you've never been to Akihabara or Denden Town, you know you might not get it. You know, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I think uh, if you're like I said, if you're listening this far, you probably you probably this is the movie for you. Have a good good wrap up. Uh, you ready for it? Yep. All right, so this isn't original. This uh, is from a website called Midnight Eye, which is a cool uh, Japanese cinema review site. And uh, this is written by a guy named Keith Fancher, and I think he said it really, really well in a concise way. Uh, Satoshi Miki's Adrift in Tokyo is a difficult film to categorize. Is it a road movie? Is it a city film? A buddy movie? A comedy? A drama? The short answer is yes. It's each of these things, and when put together, it becomes something substantially greater than the sum of its parts. Miki has managed to craft something touching, hilarious, informative, and brimming with a subdued sense of adventure that can only get from exploring a seemingly familiar city with a fresh new perspective. Yeah, I think uh, that kind of, I feel we covered it well because I think we talked about all those things. And uh, yeah, he puts it nicely in a nice little paragraph there. Yeah, I think I agree with that completely. Yeah. So that's that's it. Um, We did some house cleaning. Sure. Uh, you can find us all over the internet at Japan 2.0. Spell out point. We're on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, wherever you find your, your podcast services. Uh, we'll be there. Wherever fine podcasts are sold, right? <laughs> Spotify. Uh, where are we? We're on iTunes. Google. Leave the a Google room. store if anyone uses that yeah. one. That's yep, right, Mixcloud. We're even on Mixcloud, oh, Mix I believe. Cloud, right. So yeah, I forgot about um, that. If you again, we're gonna kind of con- continue this media series for a while. So if you have a movie uh, that you like, and you just kind of want to hear our take on it, even if we haven't seen it, uh, if it's up our alley, let us know. Sell us on it. Maybe we'll yep. we'll, we'll watch it uh, again. We'll do more media too. We got games uh, that we want to do, and I always thought we could do album reviews and stuff too. So yeah, this is a. Uh, great thing let us know if you like it uh, of course we'll be doing the regular episodes too but like we said before uh, once a month we'll do these and then once a month we'll do um, the other ones so two two times a month we'll be coming out still i've been having a blast watching these movies and uh watching these movies again you know yeah, yeah. it might be fun to eventually watch new movies too that we've not neither of us have seen and we'll kind of really react you know more than uh you know maybe maybe we'll complain about some movies that we don't like and stuff too but yeah, I think the next one we should watch something we haven't seen. All right, no, that I think cool. we should because I, I, I mean, I have my, I have my movie that I've always wanted to, to discuss, and you and yeah. I have talked off off mic sure, about, sure. but uh, I know we'll get to that one eventually. Get eventually, I yeah. found a really good list actually lately of uh, in the last hundred years the best film every year, best Japanese film. Mm. So they choose one movie a year, and I know some of the ones on that list are movies I really love, so it's got me excited to. Yeah, there's a lot on the list I, I don't know. So yeah, we should find fun. something recent. You yeah, know, yeah, I think I think people know the classics. You know, a lot of samurai movies and stuff are kind of overdone. I don't know mm-hmm. many people talking about uh, in the last twenty years Japanese movies. So that's kind of what uh, I wanna, I'll say. I want to specialize in. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a modern movie from the last ten years of Japanese cinema. So mm, I've seen. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I mean, I've seen some anime and stuff. I guess anime movies and things. Yeah, right. I, Shoplifters was a really big one a couple of years ago. It won a lot of awards. I was actually. Did dis- you ever see that? Yeah, I was disappointed by it. But I, I like that okay. director a lot. I like his other movies. It wasn't horrible or anything, but it just didn't meet my high expectations. But um, mm-hmm. which is divisive. I, a lot of people really love it. <laughs> um, Departures is a really good one about funeral. A guy who does funeral services. Mm-hmm. Uh, about nine years ago, ten years ago. It's very good. But yeah, yeah, we'll do some of those. Yeah, kind of most acclaimed movies in the last 20 years because i think japanese cinema is great and it doesn't really get actually a lot of press like a lot of other things you know anime obviously does japanese music gets a little more press i think but the film here 
you don't hear too much about it besides the Yakuza or Samurai movies. And I think uh, Slice of Life, Japanese movies are really kind of what sum up the kind of modern movies. And I, I love that. So, yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, today's music uh, is just uh, from this movie. If you watch the movie, you'll, you'll definitely recognize it. We mentioned this guy before, but it's from Guitar Man. Yeah, Guitar That's Man. That's his official name. Let him shred. Yeah, let him shred. Yeah, shredding. So go out there and shred. And uh, definitely watch this movie if you made it this far. You got to do it. Yes, you got to do it. All right. All right. Until next time, guys. See ya. Peace.